Hariyam, everybody. <coughs> so let me do one thing. Let me first I'll start off with my own invocation. And also, I will do a bhajan in the middle. Okay? Start with. <clears throat> so this bhajan is actually saluting the whole succession of gurus and acharyas, starting from Adi Shankaracharya. And it is saying that starting with the with Lord Shiva himself, and in the middle, anchored in the middle by Adi Shankaracharya, to this day, I pay homage to my guru, my own guru, who is to me the present representative of the spiritual lineage. And now I will give you a very beautiful composition to remember our dearest Pooja Gurudev, which I heard at the at a recent Mahasamadhi camp in Washington. So please listen to the meaning of the bhajan, close your eyes, and listen to the song about our master Pooja Gurudev Chimayananda that will tune your mind to the content of the stock. I took the liberty of adding the title of this talk to the first line of this bhajan as it seemed very appropriate. So, what does this bhajan say? It says, I bow down to Chinmaya, the embodiment of consciousness, who is the self that is present in me, in the entire universe of names and forms, and in every other being. I bow down to my Gurudev Chinmaya, the blissful embodiment of consciousness, who is the bearer of the crescent moon. I take refuge at the feet of the one who gives talks in the form of jnani yajnas, who destroys the very root of samsara or rebirth, who is our protector, who is now resting at Siddhabari. I bow down at the feet of one who taught the values of truth and knowledge, who is the abode of all Siddhis, the very root and abode of all the ocean of all Shastras, and the very essence of his guru, Sri Tapovan Maharaj. So I bow down to that Chinmaya, the embodiment of consciousness, who is the self that is present in me and in every other being. So, here is I'm going to sing it. Maybe in the end you can sing it with me. I will. Uh, so, let me just start off this. Om Chinmayam Jagadishwaram Pranabham Yaham Guru Mashraye Chinmayam Jagadishwaram Pranamam Yaham Guru Mashraye Jnana Yagya Pracharakam Avabeshajam Guru Mashraye Jnana Yagya Pracharakam Avabeshajam Guru Mashraye Satya Jnana Prabodakam Sarvasiddhi Supakamashraye Satya Jnana Prabodakam Sarvasiddhi Rupakamashraye Chinmayam Jagarishwaram Shashishekaram Pranamamyam Chinmayam Jagarishwaram Pranamamyam Guruvashraye Satya Jnana Prabodakam Sarvasiddhi Rupakamashraye Satya Jnana Prabodakam Sarvasiddhi Rupakamashraye Shastra Sagara Tatvajam Chrita Povanatmajam Ashraye Shastra Sagara Tatvajam Chrita Povanatmajam Ashraye Chinmayam Shashi Shekaram Pranamam Yaham Guru Vashraye Chinmayam Shashi Shekaram Paramanandam Guru Vashraye Anandam Guru Vashraye Paramanandam Guru Vashraye Sri Sankarmat Maharaj Ki Jai So so when 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 this when this guru came on earth, what did the Lord intend when he put this magnificent Mahatma in our midst? Huh? And that question, I I know what it is to teach each one of us, young and old alike, about the realization of our divine nature, to show us the pathway to our divine to our true Brahmic home. 
from the very Vyasa Pitam from which Gurudev spoke to the very homes that he visited, his teaching continued endlessly. He was an Acharya in the true spirit of the world, living life in the very way he wanted us to live. You know, a Sufi mystic spending time at the Mahasamadhi site in Siddhabari reminded us, he said, she said, sorry, make no mistake, the one who is buried down there is no ordinary saint. He is an avatar. So Gurudev was a Stetha Prajna, showing us the dharmic way of life. So why did I pick Chinmayam, Jagadishwaram, Pranamamyam as a title? Because it points to the very goal, essence, and the means to attain this goal. Okay? So this is how. So let us now proceed with the talk. Huh? You know, uh, there's a Subhashita. You know, Subhashita is a Sanskrit uh, short sentences which have very which are which have very profound meaning. It says, Vajradapi Katorani Vridhuni Kusumadati Loko Taranam Chetamsi Kohi Vignatum Arahati. See, he says, the minds of extraordinary people are more powerful than even the thunderbolt of Indra, strength of mind and character. That's what he's talking about. And softer than even, softer than even flowers. So the minds and the heart, look at this. So it is, it, is a, it is a dual thing. It's not only powerful as a thunderbolt, but it's also softer than flowers. So who in this world can discern them properly? So how can you make any, uh, how can you even rationalize that? As you are aware, you know, a diamond has infinite facets. I mean, sorry, a diamond depends upon the number of facets, the beauty of the diamond. Now, when there are infinite facets, yeah, which is like the, which is like uh, Bhagwan or uh, the Brahman, uh, when infinite facets are there to this Gurudev of diamond, how can you truly do justice in showing all its aspects? Huh? Even with the experience with this Mahatma, we should be aware that we are merely touching the very periphery of his glory. Huh? So this is where we are going. Huh? So let's see. It says in the scripture, the true caliber of a person is reflecting the mind of such a person. A perfect man's mind reflects everything. It keeps nothing. It receives nothing, but keeps nothing just like a mirror. You know, just like uh, Buddha was like that also. Or Gautama Buddha. So, when one of the disciples went and said, uh, said some, one, one, uh, some people from the other side, uh, some people who did not like the Buddha, they said something to him. The disciples went to went and attacked that person. And the Buddha said, wait, wait, wait. I didn't take what he said. So, why are you attacking him? <laughs> he may have said something, but I didn't take it. See, this is the characteristic of these great souls. They don't take, because they are perfect reflectors. Huh? They reflect. They don't, uh, they don't absorb the thing. You know, you and I will absorb the thing and then say, oh, that fellow said something to me, so I should do something bad. See, this, this, so these Mahatmas, they don't do that. Okay, So they are trying to teach us to be like that. Huh? So Gurudev asks us to tune our mind to his. Even from a physics standpoint, this is very true. Huh? Because the higher the frequency to which the mind is tuned, the subtler its quality. Huh? See, this is part of the description of realized master. And this was what Puja Gurudev was all about. Now, see now, I said Chinmayam, Jagadishwara, Pranamamya. So look at each one of these words. The word Chinmayam means pure consciousness, which is also Gurudev's name. Just, in, just, just as in you see in the Dakshinamurti Dhyana Stotram, Lord Shiva is seen as Chidgana Yamaheshaya Vatamura Nivasine Satchidananda Rupaya Dakshinamurti Namaha. He's saying this Lord sitting at the foot of the Banyan tree is none other than the embodiment of the Supreme Truth. Mm. So, Puja Gurudev was nothing and was the exemplary example of this truth. Huh? Who was Not only was he a Shrotriya, that means very well-read and all that, best teacher. Also, he was also the very knower of Brahman. So, he's called Shrotriya and Brahmanishta. And these are the two qualities of a, of a Guru who is really, really well-versed. He should be a Shrotriya and a Brahmanishta. Okay, so now, so Chinmayam Jagadishwaram Pranamamiham, what does it mean? So I prostrate before the one pure consciousness, which is not only my true essence, but also illumines the universe around me. Now let's look at these, what, what is meant by all this. Okay. Chinmayam Jagadishwaram Pranamamiham came from a meditation session. You know, a Swami was doing it in Washington. 
So I looked at that and I looked at it and, this, and the, the meaning seemed so contemplative. Huh? So, and this is based on mantras from Kena Upanishad. So what is the way by which we perceive anything or anybody? Hmm? In a dark room, to move around, you need a flashlight so that you can illumine the room and you can see what objects are there so you don't knock against something and fall down somewhere. Huh? So too, this light of consciousness helped me perceive, think, or make decisions in my day-to-day -day life. Huh? So that we don't, we, don't, we don't make mistakes in our life and move contrary to our divine nature. But, but you have to listen to that light and you have to heed that light. That means This means you have to be, you know, we call it Ishwar Arpitam. Bhagavan Ramana Maharshi said, Ishwar Arpitam Nechayakritam Chitta Shodakam Mukti Sahadakam. So Ishwar Arpana Buddhi. So if you keep that Ishwar Arpana Buddhi, and you hold on to that, uh, and and you big and you are present in whatever you do. When you are present in whatever you do, then you can watch your robotic self making those mistakes. And Gurudev also said that when you watch that thing making mistakes, then that that then then your robotic self will not make those mistakes again. You have to watch. Watching or itself heals you from that particular problem. Okay, you don't have to criticize yourself anything. Just watch. Uh, and to watch it, you have to be present. That's why presence is the most important thing in our lives. Okay? And that consciousness is being present. Okay? So, therefore, so uh, in a dark room, we need a flashlight. So, the consciousness helps us perceive. So, in any perce perception, feeling or thought, the pure consciousness, chinmayam, helps me perceive, feel or think about anything in this outer world or inside within me also, including what I don't see with my eyes, Closed, or what I cannot hear, the, for example, the silence or subtler thoughts within me. All this, it illumines. What is the meaning of illumines? That means it makes me aware of it. When it makes me aware of it, I can, you know, it, uh, it, it, that is called presence. So you need to bring that into, we need to bring that into our life. Huh? Because that's what we are. Okay. Then, that light of consciousness, Chinmayam, huh? The Upanishad says, it is the eye behind the eye. It is the ear behind the ear. It's the mind behind the mind and the intellect beyond the intellect. It is that which enables my perception, feeling or thought. That means, you know, you can put a pair of eyes and put it there. It will not see anything. Unless the eyes report to the mind and the mind looks at the consciousness and the consciousness illumines the mind and then therefore gives the eye the ability to see. Same thing with your ears. The ears cannot hear anything. If you put a pair of ears there, nothing will happen. But only because the ears are listening to that sound and that sound is being reported to the mind and the mind reports to the consciousness. The consciousness, the chinmayam, gives it the ability of the mind to go via the ears and listen to that sound. And the same thing happens with silence. See, see if, for example, that is a meditation technique. You listen to the sound first and then you listen to the silence. So when you listen to the silence, it's like saying, oh. And then you go into the silence. And that's what you're listening to, see? And slowly you merge into the silence. You know, in Dakshinamurti Stotram again, he says, Om Nava Pranavartaya Shuddha Jnanaika Murtaya Nirmalaya Prashantaya Dakshinamurtaya See, Nirmalaya Prashantaya. Prashant means what? Prakrishena Shantam. That means uh, that which is which has no, um, that which has uh, uh, special, special peace. Just like Christ said, peace beyond understanding. This is that special peace. So when you have this peace, the, when, you, when you chant this Om and you go to the silence, that silence is the bed of, of uh, perfect peace. And then from that silence comes the Om. Huh? So this, so this, this silence is what is being reflected again. Shuddha jnana kamurtiye. She that means, and then nirmalaya. Nirmal means no. That is completely pure. And because of the purity of the mind, it is silent and it is quiet. And there are no judgmental issues. There is no association issue. That is called a pure mind. Hmm. Okay. Now, so here, Bhujo See, so it is the eye behind the eye, ear behind the ear. It's the mind behind the mind. So even your feelings and all that, you cannot do. See, I said that uh, the eye reports to the uh, eye has to look at the mind. And the mind has to look at the consciousness. See, 
So the mind cannot function without consciousness. Neither can your intellect function without consciousness. Remember, what is the difference between mind and intellect? Mind is the feeling part of you. All the, the where which gives feeling, happiness, joy, this, that, you know, sorrow, anger, all those are feelings. Mind. Intellect is the decision-making faculty. For example, you're going, you, you, you're driving along and you see a red light and green light. Huh? How do you know that you have to stop at red and not at, and, uh, and go through the green? Because the intellect has made a note of it. It has made a note of it below, before, it has read the DM, you have read the DM rules, it has made a note of that, and then when the, when the mind sees it and asks the intellect, what should I do? The intellect says, uh -uh, don't go through the red light. Or you'll be in trouble. <laughs> okay. So, so the report. So, so then the then it tells the physical body, don't go. And that's why you put the brakes. So many things happen. You know, we just randomly push the brake and say, ah, okay, we'll just go to <laughs> nothing. There is so many things going on. And everything, for everything, the answer is a consciousness. If you are not a conscious being, you would run into everything and you would jump into everything and you would make so many mistakes. Huh? Even with that consciousness, you're making mistakes because you're not aware of it. So we need to become more and more aware of that. Uh, that means we need to be present in everything that we do. And that is what Chinmayam. Chinmayam means that consciousness. See, in our Guru, Guru Stotram, it says, Chinmayam vyapiyat sarvam trailokyam sacharacharam tatpadam darshitam yena tasmai shri guravenama. Chinmayam vyapiyat sarvam. That consciousness which pervades everything. What? Vyapiyat Trilokyam, all waking, dream, deep sleep state, past, present, future, every single thing in time, every single time, the timeless, everything it pervades. So that is what you are looking for. Trilokyam sacharacharam, tat padam darshitam. I bow down at your feet. Huh? Because what can you do? You have to humanize everything. Your consciousness is not a human thing, <laughs> but it's but but it, but it illumines everything that is human. Okay. So, but what we we do? We worship the person who is the embodiment of that consciousness, which is Swami Chinmayananda, who is that, okay? And all those people who are like that, like Ramana Maharshi, Ramakrishna Paramahansa, so on, all these great Mahatmas, okay? All right, so now, uh, so Puja, then so this Chinmayam, Puja emphasizes with the turn our attention, the direction of the pure consciousness, Chinmayam, which is our divine essence, which is also what? Jagadishwaram, that means it's a Lord in that world of names and forms, see? Jagat, in this Jagat, this entire universe, is the Ishwara in that. So bring the attention from the Jagat to Chinmayam. Why? Because that is the one real divine essence or nature. That is your own real divine essence or nature. Huh? Now wait, I'm getting ahead of this presentation. So let us first see what is the meaning of Pranamam Yam. Huh? Chinmayam, Jagadishwara, Pranamam Yam. Right? So Chinmayam we saw is the consciousness. Huh? And so Pranamam Yam. Prana, pranam means to do Fold your hands and to do prayer. Huh? What kind of pranam are we talking about here? Huh? Just see here. Now, you know, I bow down to you. See in the in the Gita, chapter 4. Tadvidhi pranipatena pariprashnena sevaya upadeshanti te jnanam jnani nastatva darshinaha. Chapter 4, verse 34. Huh? Know that by long prostration, by question, by service, the wise who have realized the truth will instruct thee in that knowledge. See, that is how much you must, you must, you must really feel that namaskaram. You know, so when you when you do something, you have to be sincere in that namaskaram. It's no use of saying namaskaram just do a fall flat and not mean it. Uh, Gurudev used to say that also. Don't simply fall flat like that. <laughs> you should mean what you feel. Uh, don't you see? Okay, so that's the idea here. Uh, then what else here is saying? Uh, only when you have a heartfelt namaskaram, you can truly abide in that. See, Ramana Maharshi always said, abide in the truth. And only if you abide in the truth, you can realize the truth. What's the meaning of abide in the truth? That means feel that that is you. Don't feel that is separate from you. Like Ramana Maharshi said in Upadishasaram, he said, Bheda bhavana bhavana pavani Ramana Maharshi is saying, Bheda Bhavana. Bheda means separation. Don't separate yourself from God. You are not separate from God. Bheda Bhavana. Instead of that, understand Saha Aham. He am I. Not, not your ego self. Your real self inside. The conscious self in you is that Lord. Saha Iti Aso Abheda Bhavana. Abheda means non-separation. 
So have the feeling of non-separation towards the Lord, saying that I am one with him. And bring that oneness into your life. And that is what presence will also do. Bring that oneness into your life. Okay. All right. Now, what else did we hear? See, so, uh, so that's why I said, if you do everything with Ishwararpitam, na ichayakrafam, chitta shodakam, mukti sadakam. That is a, like a maha mantra, like Ramana Maharshi has given. Again in Upadesha Zara. What is the meaning of this? Ishwararpitam, nechayakrafam, chitta shodakam, mukti sadakam. Ishwararpitam, that means I do everything with Ishwararpana buddhi. That, you know, you say like in Arati, right? Everybody says, Tera tujko arpana kya lage mera. Do you really mean it? <laughs> we do it. This is like lip service. You must really mean it. Tera tujko arpana is like everything that I have is yours. Even what I'm giving you is yours. There's nothing that I'm giving you that's, that's different from me. Only thing I can give you is my own ego and my terrible, my, my laziness and everything else. So take that, please. <laughs> You know when Bhagavan Krishna eats butter, huh? the butter is the is the is the net net thing out of all the churning. Huh? So he's churning all the vasanas in you and eating it. So tell Bhagavan, hey, eat more of this butter of my vasanas, please. <laughs> Take it away. <laughs> Take it away and give me you. That's it. So have that kind of uh, power huh? when you do. Okay. So you should na So when you do this, with, with you when you completely turn your mind in the direction of the Lord. Desireless actions. And in what does it do? It purifies your mind. And when the mind becomes pure, you realize the truth. Because only in a pure mind, you can do meditation. And in that meditative mind, you realize the truth. So that's why we need to make that mind pure. See, I'm taking a text called Manashodhanam on Sundays. Very, very beautiful text that our Swami Tejamayanda, you know, Gurudev's disciple first uh, he, he wrote that text and very very beautiful it's uh, talking about different things different things like anger all these different things that are in your mind you know the associative nature of the mind the prejudiced nature of the mind uh, the uh, the wandering nature of the mind all these are impurities so how do you bring all those together and bring them make them steady you know that's the idea so here so do everything. And Ishwarapita means what? Put your heart and soul into every single thing that you do. That means do everything consciously. Don't be like robots. See, that is why you must be present. Heart and soul means what? When I do something, I, I must do that perfect to the best that I can. Put perfection into everything you do. Our Gurudev taught that, you know, to be meticulous in everything you do. Don't let, you know, so, and you know, even so many authors have said, what have they said? They have said that the problem is, when, when do you get stressed out? When you, when you do a half-hearted job. If you put your entire being into something, you will never be stressed out because you're so much involved in it and you're so much centered on it that there's no time for boredom. You're in the timeless realm. Just think about this. <laughs> because your mind is only on that. One thing, one thing, one thing at a time. There's no past. There's no future. You're only in the present. See? That is why presence is the most important thing in our life. Okay. We have to move that, move it in that direction. Okay. Then, so, uh, so trust. So this is what the entire thing is saying. Be present at all times. Trust your entire being into everything you do. Okay. That's the thing. Okay. Now, Pranamamiham. Again, you know, have you seen in, in uh, Bhagavatam, Prahlada, what does he say? Sharavanam Kirtanam Vishnu, Smaranam Padasevanam, Archanam Vandanam Dasyam, Sakyam Atmanivedanam. See all these modes. Huh? So what, what is he saying? He's saying here, Shravanam, that means listening. Kirtanam, uh, singing the word of the name, singing the name of the Lord. Vishnuhosmaranam, thinking, uh, understanding that that Lord pervades the entire universe. Uh, and then, Padasevanam, worshipping the feet. How? Because, because the, the feet, because you surrender to the feet, because you understand that the feet, the feet of the, of the teacher, the feet of the guru, is the, is the, is the, symbolizes the principles for which the Guru stands. And all of them are at the feet of the Guru. That's how you surrender. Bring that. See, that is called Namaskara. That means you totally surrender to the feet of the, the Guru, to his teaching and everything else. Okay? That that must be in your mind. Okay, then. Iti, uh, th then he says, yeah. Uh, and then, Maranam Pasir, Archanam Vandanam Dasyam. You offer flowers, right? Gurudev used to say, when you offer flowers, how do you do it? You take it, you touch it to your heart and offer it. 
because you're taking part of your all of your vasanas. See, flower we say in in Malayalam and every any language vasana. Vasana is what fragrance. So you take that vasana. Also, the vasana is from you, your own intellectual, your your all your uh, desires, and offer it at the feet of the Lord. Take it, take it, take it. Huh? See, you, don't we do that even home also? Idam namama, idam namama. We say that. I am not that. I was not. I, I didn't do it. My desires did it. We say that. Even when we do, when we do home and all that, right? So that kind of attitude must be there when you do namaskaram. See, so chinmayam, jagadishwar, namamiyam. This is what I'm doing. Namamiyam. Okay. So remember where we are. Okay. Then bhakti. Then what is he saying? It is saying that uh, even here we are talking atmani vedanam. See, when we talk about archanam, uh, vandanam, dasyam. Sakyam Atmani Vedanam. Atmani Vedanam means what? Putting your heart and soul into everything that you do. See, all this where Prahlada has given those Navabhaktis, that is what we are talking about when we say Pranamam Yaham. Okay. Now, you know, if you see in Kaivali Upanishad, okay, uh, Ashwalayana is the disciple and he is asking Brahmaji, who is the teacher, what is he asking him? He is asking him, what, what is the path that all great souls follow? So that, uh, so that that would lead to the most sinless and the highest good. Hmm? And it's beyond all kinds of goodness. The greatest good that I can do. What is that I can do? He's saying, Shraddha Bhakti Dhyana Yoga Davaihi. He's saying, you will know that by means of faith, devotion and meditation. See, that means you must put your, see, faith, devotion. Faith is the ability of the intellect. It is saying, have faith. You like this, you like that, don't like that, right? Faith and then Shraddha Bhakti. Bhakti is of the mind. The love for the Lord. So when you have intellectual love and see, when you respect a person and you see, like, I'm, I, let's look at Lord Krishna, right? He's done the Bhagavad Gita and so much of this Gita, my goodness, every single thing is pointing at my life and I see what a great thing. Yeah, what a great Bhagavan. So the respect for that Lord goes up. And the knowledge of that God, Lord goes up. And then I also see how many great things he did. And how, how, how enthusiastic he does so many things. And then as a child, Krishna, he did so many things. So when, I, when my mind is immersed in this bhakti and this jnanam, together it becomes jnanam. See? Bhakti, shraddha, bhakti, jnana, yoga, So when I do shraddha and bhakti together, it becomes jnanam. And that is what is needed for a meditative mind. Okay? See? So... You know, even uh, Sri Radha Krishna from a statement, what did he say? In Bajagovindam, he said, without bhakti, jnanam is useless tensor. <laughs> he said that in Bajagovindam, right? So you need to have both. See, and Gurudev used to say, a bird has to fly with two wings. If it flies with bhakti, it will go this way. If it flies with jnanam, it will go this way. But if it flies with bhakti and jnanam, it will go forward. So you need both wings to go forwards. Huh. You need. Okay. All right. Then, so, this is what Namaskaram means, okay? Now, what is the next thing here? See, another thing. When I prostrate before Lord Shiva or Guru, Guru Ayurapa, huh, Krishna, I know, I now know the spirit of uh, Namaskaram. But to whom am I prostrating? Let us now focus on that word. Let us try and capture the word, spirit of where our Namaskaram should fall. Keno Parishad captures the very spirit. So, where should it fall? Whom are you doing Namaskaram to? Huh? Are you doing to the picture of Lord uh, Krishna? Or your picture of Lord Shiva? Or who? <laughs> huh? Okay, so here. Kenu Pashat. Yat Chakshushana Pashyati. Yena Chakshushi Pashyati. Tadeva Brahmatvam Tadviddhi. Tvam Viddhi. Neidam. Yadidam Upasate. So, he's saying that which cannot be perceived by the eye, but by which the eye is perceived. See? That's what I was telling you in the beginning. You know, you if you take a pair of eyes and keep it there, it won't see something. Huh? But that which cannot be perceived by the eye, but because of which the eye has a capability of seeing. What is it that makes the eye capable of seeing? The consciousness. The consciousness via the mind gives the eye the, uh, the, the ability to perceive. The consciousness via the ears gives the ears the ability to hear. See? So that, so that, that maskaram must, be, must go to that. Consciousness, the chinmayam. See, that is why namaskaram, namamyaham, chinmayam. Okay, that's what it is. Okay. 
So that which cannot be perceived by the eye, but which the eye is perceived, by which the eye is perceived, that alone known as Brahman and not that by which people we worship. See, normally we just take a picture and put it there. What does that picture mean to us? You know, ask ourselves. Uh, how, and where do you go from that picture to something else? See, you start off. Even, even let us say, I go to I, I, I want to do the basic things. I start with the picture of Lord Krishna. But where am I going with that? Okay, I love Lord Krishna, so I'm doing puja to him. Okay, how? Where do you stop? Where is the where is the ultimate uh, puja that you can do? Supposing I see that Krishna, if I see see, supposing it's only to one picture of Krishna. Supposing some artists do another picture of Krishna, and I like that better than this. So is that Krishna better than this? <laughs> see, think I think very very objectively. It is not the picture. It is the it is the it is that thing which is in the picture. Ah. So it is the Lord inside you, inside that picture that you're looking at. And you're bringing that picture out to worship because you don't know how to bring that Lord from within you to worship. Hmm. So, but, so what should you do? You're slowly starting with the picture. But after some time, you see Krishna here, Krishna there, Krishna, Krishna everywhere. <laughs> so every single picture of Krishna should remind you of one Krishna. Same thing. Huh? See, what, what are you doing? Gurudev used to say, you have, if you have a, if you have an artist, right, an uh, artist, a uh, 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 sculptor, a sculptor is trying to chisel something. He's got a piece of stone. He has to chisel, 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 till he comes out with that beautiful Krishna inside. You are also chiseling the your personality into shape. So when you get troubles in your life, for example, you know, don't think, yo, yo, why me, why me? Say to the Lord, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for chipping me into shape. Bhagavan is not punishing you. Bhagavan is purifying you. Understand? It's a purification of yourself, not a punishment. Uh, you must always think like that. Never, never think punishment. Because Bhagavan cannot do that. Then what's the use of Bhagavan and anybody anywhere? What's the use of any Bhagavan? Right? You have to think like that. Okay? Because that's what it is. That's the truth. Uh, and then what? Why, why did all these people come? One came as Jesus. Another came up as Buddha, another came as this. Why? You know, and then all these people fight against each other. None of them are fighting. Why are we fighting? <laughs> huh? the, the world is fighting for each other. But they don't understand the meaning. Everybody is coming in their own way as their light. To give light to that group of people who will only respond to the Lord in that way. Think like that. Never think. <laughs> all of them are out to get you. No. They are all equally fine. Uh, but, you, but you have to understand that. And they have no problem. Uh, see, another thing I should I'll tell you. Tulsi Ramayana, right? Uh, Bhagavan Sri Rama says in the, in the end of Tulsi Ramayana, he, when he's doing the, when he's, uh, when he's doing the, uh, the uh, Rameshwaram, when he's trying to do the Shivalingam in Rameshwaram, he's saying that those who, those who think that they will not worship Shiva and will worship me, don't have to worship me. <laughs> if Sri Rama is saying that, what are we, what are we doing? What are we saying? Uh, no, 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 this is only that, only that God, this God, this is Shiva, this is Vishnu. Doesn't matter. All saying same thing. Shiva loves Vishnu and Vishnu loves Shiva. Sri Rama, Sri Rama is a devotee of Lord Shiva. And Lord Shiva is a devotee of Sri Rama. In fact, uh, in fact, uh, Sati asked Lord Shiva, Hey, Bhagwan, what is this? Your mind is always on that, on uh, Sri Rama. You know, see, I see him sitting in that forest and he's pining for his Sita. He's crying. How come? How come, how come your mind is on that person? He looks like an ordinary human being to me. So he said, ah, don't think like that. <laughs> Lord Shiva told her, don't think like that. You don't know what's in his mind. Huh? So she said, no, 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 I'm not satisfied. I want to test it. He said, no, I wouldn't advise that. He said, no, I don't do it. I'm telling you not to do it. He said, no, I want to do it. Okay, do it. So you know what she did? She went down to, to, the, uh, to that place. The Sri Rama was crying. Profuse tears coming because Sitaji was because Sitaji was kidnapped by Ravana, and so she went there. Sati went down and sat opposite to Shiva, opposite to Rama, taking the form of Sita. And then Lord Rama looked up and said, "Mother Sati, how is Lord Shiva doing?" <laughs> you you know how she felt? She felt so small that she she. We couldn't even stand it. She ran away from there. And she understood, what have I do? What have I done? What have I done? And as she went, she saw hundreds of Ramas all over the place. 
hundreds of forms of Sri Rama everywhere. What a, what a thing, you know, what a great thing, what a revelation. Look at that. That is why she made a mistake. That's why she, she, she gave up her life because she said, what am I doing here with, this, with all these? And that is why, but, but she made, did a lot of tapas with born again as Parvati. And she became the spouse of Lord Shiva in the next life. Okay. See, that is, see, that's what I'm saying. You know, that, that, uh, that, uh, the love for that Lord has to take, uh, you know, we should not have this separateness. Everything is one. One. So that is why you look at everything as consciousness. Chinmayam. Everything is the power of consciousness. You and I have it. Even the, even the spider has it, you know, just think of it. You know, can you do, can you do things that a spider does? No, it cannot. You cannot. A spider, you know, it, it uh, Upanishad says, when the spider comes out, it, it creates its web, it moves along its web, and it can it can dissolve its web by itself. It creates, preserves, and dissolves, just like Brahma Vishnu Shiva. All, every single being does these things. Doesn't that show that that God is in every single thing? That is why everything is sacred. We cannot, we should not do, we should not understand that, oh, this is separate from me, you know, and destroy things. That's why the whole, everything that you see is nothing but God, 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 God around you. But you don't understand. None of us understands it because of our past. Because we are so much attached to this body, mind, intellect. And we, we, we our egocentric entity takes precedence. See, animals don't have the problem because they don't have choice. They don't have ego. So they go according to a hierarchy. That is why you like, oh, nice dog, pet. <laughs> you like it, right? Because it's innocent. It doesn't talk back. It doesn't do anything. It just loves. Spontaneous. So that love also has come from you. Be spontaneous in everything that you do. Make that love come out. You know, make everything come out like that. Never have these different, different things. Okay. These uh, different personalities. Okay. All right. So that, so. Yet prane, oh, so, so we said, what is the meaning of this, right? And what did Ramana Maharshi says? Yeah, he said, that with which one breathes not with his breath, but because of which breath is breathed. Know that to be Brahman, not this which people worship here. See, defining what is that Brahman. Uh, that means that which makes everything happen in you. What should we do with this knowledge? Answer is given by many great souls. And Ramana Maharshi himself says, abide in it. That means understand that that is your nature also. Understand that the person next to you, whom you like or dislike, is also the same. So see God in everybody. That's the idea here. Okay. We have to bring that chinmayam into everything. Chinmayam is everything. Consciousness. Okay. And okay. Now then, then, then he said, now where and to whom do I namaskar? Now see. Now here. Srotasya sotram manaso manoyad vachaha vacham sa pranasya pranaha chakshushta chakshur. Chakshuriti Muchadiraha Pretyasma Lokad Lokad Amartha Bhavanti. Again, again from Ken Upanishad. What is he saying? He's saying it is the year of the year, the mind of the mind. Huh? It's the speech of the speech and the life of the life. And the eye of the eye. See, the eye of the eye having transcended the wise, huh? rising above sense, the sense life become immortal. See, so what is he saying here? He's saying. That the real namaskaran or pranam you should do must be done to the self, the consciousness. Why? Why? Because it is the thing that makes your eye see. Huh? It makes the ear. It makes the ear hear. It makes the breath breathe. Huh? How do we do this namaskaran to the self? Then what? Um, when what I see around me is the world around me. See, now this is a good question. How do I do the namaskaran to the world? Huh? How do I do that? <laughs> see, <laughs> it's a pretty good question, right? Because Chinmayam, Jagadishwaram, Pranama. Jagadishwaram. How do I do Jagadishwaram? Huh? Because Jagadishwaram itself means that same consciousness is in the entire universe. See, that's what I was telling you. You don't make any difference. Even the spider, even the black widow, black, what is black widow spider, whatever spider, or the worm, or scorpion, whatever it is, the lion, uh, even the most evil guy. Huh? The real nature is good. His mind is crazy. What to do? Huh? Some of us are also like that. <laughs> why find it? see we should not judge anybody that's why i said we are not we are not we are not already great saints <laughs> okay so here so how do we do this namaskar so let's see what we do here okay um yeah so 
Let us see how consciousness also makes it possible to do this. See, you look at a few examples, okay? I'll give you an example from Halloween. You'll be, you won't believe it. Halloween gives you such a nice thing. And I'll give you another example from a movie projector and the film. And I'll give you another thing uh, about the space mountain ride at Disneyland. These three examples. So look at, look at these three examples, okay? Okay, so here we go. Ah, now, when you see the light in the jack-o'-lantern, uh, you see that this, the light in the jack-o'-lantern is what I am, not the cutouts. You know that the light has, you know, in a, in a pumpkin, you cut out the holes of this, 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 right? And you put a light inside, right? Now, that is a very beautiful thing. In fact, Shankaracharya in the Shramodhi Stotram, uh, he, he talks about, uh, he talks about, uh, he talks about a pot. Okay. Now the same pot can be carried over into this pumpkin thing. See, if you cut out the eyes here, ears, and you put a light in there. Now look at that. How what a beautiful thing it is. When you the, the light is coming out through here. So it is that light that's giving these ability to see, hear, smell, taste, because the light is coming out through all this. See, it is symbolic of that. Look at the beautiful thing. Nice example. Huh? Now, so, but once I take the light off, nothing comes. See, that is the light of consciousness. That is what you are. If you take the light that is you out, nothing will work. Your eye is nothing, no use. But even if you are blind, the other things will still continue. See, that's why the light is still there. That's why you may be blind, but you know, but you are not deaf. Or you may be blind and deaf. But your hands can work. Or your hands may not work. But these can work. See? So you are the consciousness ultimately. You are you're like the like light in the jack of lantern. But if you take out the light, everything is gone. See? But if you close off the holes, see, that is giving you a clue as to what is your nature. That means your divine nature is that of the light. You see so many, even the, even the even crisis. He says in the Bible, when thine eye becomes single, thy body shall be full of light. In the book of Mark or whatever, something there is a book like that. But you see, one of those gospels. And it says that when thine eye becomes single, see, what is it talking about? He's talking about the same thing as the Jnana Chakshu that our sages talked about. You know, this third eye. And in so many Upanishads, everything, the third eye is mentioned. Lord Shiva's third eye. What is this third eye? This third eye is the eye of intuition. These two are the eyes with which we see the world. When we see the world, we make mistakes to our own, because our own ego comes into the picture. But when you go beyond all this, and you see through this eye, this eye is the eye of intuition. That means you have transcended the mind. So if you go beyond the mind, then you are in the same thing as all these Mahatmas. And then you will not make a mistake. See? So our goal should be to transcend that, to be at that level. Okay? That is what, that, that is your, that, see, that is why, uh, that is why when all these Mahatmas said, come to me, I am the light. They knew they were the light. They, they, they identified with that, with that light, just like the jack of lantern, they identified with that light and said, I am that light. They didn't mean, come to me, I am Christ. Come to me, I am Krishna. Come to me, I am Shiva. No. See, this is how we misunderstand. We misunderstand and say, oh, so Shiva is alone, is right. Oh, this is right, that is right. No. They're all talking about the same truth. They're all friends. <laughs> we are the ones who have difference. Okay? What did Ramakrishna Paramantha? See, he also said, what did he say? He said, he invited people from all over the world to sit in his, uh, in his ashram. And he told his uh, servant in the house, please, he whispered in his ear, bring this and give it to everybody. He gave it to everybody. And he asked the guy from, uh, from uh, in India, he said, Jal. And another fellow, another person said, Barlam. And I said, Tanni. And then another from Spain, Aqua. Then they all said different things. He said, but aren't, aren't they all the same? He said, yes. He said, just like that, all these names and forms of gods are all one god. Okay. And Swami Vivekananda also said, right? 33,000 gods, 33 million gods or whatever he said, right? What does he mean by that? That means it is the same one god that is being shown in so many ways. Because, you see, think about this. God is infinite. How can you represent infinite in one form? It has to be many forms. So, so what? So, you worship whatever you want. But remember, they all mean the same. They're all going to the same prayers. 
See, that is why in Sandhyagana we do, right? Akashat paditam toyam yadagachati sagaram sarva deva namaskaram keshavam pradigachati. See, look at that. <laughs> when the rainwater, rainwater falls from the sky and goes into everything and goes into all the rivulets, all these things, they all go to one God in the end. They all go to the ocean. Huh? So this is the idea. You know, we must keep that in mind. Okay? All right. Now, so I am the light of consciousness. Then the next example I told you. I am the light in the movie projector. See, when you have a movie projector, you, 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 you can see a film right, going on. But supposing if the light is not there and the movie projector is not there, you can see that film is just a bunch of things moving around. So too your whole life is moving around just like that. But the consciousness is what enables everything to happen. Shakespeare, what did he say? All the world's a stage. We have entrance and exits. See? It's correct. We are playing a part on the stage of life. And we are these entrance and exits. That's why we some of us, some of us go, some of us stay, some of us have disease, some of us don't have disease. All these are different, different parts. And we are playing those parts. So what do you do? When, when everybody, anybody does a does a does a play, they want to do the best they can. So too, you have to do the best in stage of life. Be a good father, be a good husband, be a good wife, be a good software engineer, be a good, 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 everything. Bring that goodness into everything you do and be present in everything you do. If you put all these together, you know, that makes the ideal person. Yeah. Now, then another thing I'll give you, or last example I'll give you is this in Disneyland. You know, if you're Disneyland, there's a thing called Space Mountain. If you go up there, uh, you, you climb up something and then you go into that thing. And there, suddenly the room is dark and they make you sit on a chair. They won't tell you what it is. They'll just put you there. Huh? And suddenly everything goes dark and you're strapped to the chair by some means. All of a sudden, you see in front of you, there's empty space as if you're, as if you're hurtling to space at, at warp speed. <laughs> you're going so fast in there. You don't know what is going on. But you're going so fast and, you, and you're really scared. So what do you do? See, that is the world of Maya that you see. Now, what do you, how do you stop this? Look down here where you're sitting and see. Oh, come on. This chair is moving like anything. And they're moving the film in front of me. What is this? <laughs> so if you center yourself in God, in your chair, you see that that world is not it's Maya. It's not you. Okay, so we must bring all these, put all these techniques together and look at life like that. Look at life in a new way. You know, so this is how you should see the Jagat, Jagadishwaram. That is how you worship the universe because the entire universe is nothing but that. But it's different. It's a play of God in different ways. How do you expect, you know, when God is everywhere, how do you expect anything to be the same? Because everything is so much of, it's, it's the beauty of God. It's called Chamatkar. It's a chamatkar of God. It's the, it's, the, it's the, what shall I say, it's the brilliance of the Lord in everything. Bhagavan Krishna says that also in chapter 9 or 10 or something, he says that, right? I am the, I am the, I am the brilliance, I am the uh, smile on the earth, I am the, I am the intelligence of the intellect, I am the, I am the intelligence of the intelligent. Uh, I am the strength and the strong. See, all these things, see? So the essence of everything is God. So you must bring that into your life. And that is what this whole universe is. So the universe is shining with God. Your divine essence is God. So what are you waiting for? <laughs> and that's what you have to do. Namaskaram to both this. And bring your whole life to do that. Huh? Huh. The last example I give you is, uh, uh, you know, so, so you ask yourself the question. If you want to see what is, you know, Gurudev brought this so nicely to me. You know, what is the difference between the Jagat, the outside? Huh? What, is, what is the difference between you, the Jiva, and what is Brahman? And what is Ishwara? What are these? Huh? Now, so, you know, if you see, there is, a, there is a picture. I don't know if I have it here, but see if I have it. Yes, I have it. Now, can I put this picture out to see here? I'll project it out here. Uh... How do I, let's see, I've got one picture here. How do I send it to you? Uh, do you have the share option? Oh, can I, I'll just, uh, yeah. just click that thing. Click yes. the picture. 
Can I click that picture and then share it or no? Uh, yes, I think uh, in your meeting, you will have an option to share. Oh, okay, never mind. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to you later. Okay, it's a little difficult. Okay, so, okay, just imagine this. There is a little girl who's pushing a wheelbarrow. She has a nice dress on. She has a cap and she's doing gardening. So she's watering the plants. There are a lot of flowers in the garden. Huh? And the, so this all this is on an embroidery. She's watering. Now, you ask yourself, in this embroidery, how do I take out the jiva? Who is, who is, who is, the, who is, the, who is Ishwara? Who is Brahman? And who is, the, who is this jiva? And who is this jagat? Jagat means the world. Now, the world means mostly inert objects, right? Inert means, for example, if I say plants and flowers, you don't tell me, oh, they have life. But they are relatively inert. <laughs> we are more alive, right? So the plants, the, the, the garden, all this is considered inert, right? The can, watering can is considered inert. The water is considered inert. So all this is inert, okay? And that's all the girl is watering the garden, okay? Now, the, the dress of the girl is also inert. But the girl itself, that little girl itself, is a, is a, is a, is a living being, okay? So she is called Jiva, Jivatma. Hmm? Now, so the Jivatma is there and the Jagat is all these things, okay? Jagat is all these different things. So, who is the Jiva, Jagat, Atma and the, who is the, who is the Ishwara here? See, supposing I take the embroidery and I take the corner of that string and I pull it, what will happen? Everything is gone. There is no girl, there is no embroidery, there is no garden. There's no flowers. There's no nothing. Just one piece of string. You can't even see the colors easily on the string. So what is that? How is, how is that one string is able to do that? That is called Ishura. <laughs> that is the power of Ishura. He can, he can wield this Maya, this world, and you and you, so if you don't surrender to the Ishura, huh? see, that's why Lord Krishna says, Mama Maya Duratyaya. My Maya is very difficult to cross. But if you surrender to me, you'll do it. Same thing, if you go to the Venkateshwara temple here, in, in our place in Malibu here, you see one hand of Venkateshwara is pointing at his foot. The other one is pointing at his knee. He's saying, if you surrender at my feet, I will make sure that this ocean of samsara will become knee deep so that you can wade across. You don't have to swim. See how nice, you know. All these symbolisms are so nice. So this Ishwara controls Maya. Now, in all this, who is Brahman? Brahman is beyond Ishura. Remember, even Ishura cannot exist without Brahman, right? The power. So how is that? The cotton from which the thread is made. See that? <laughs> the thread cannot exist without the cotton, right? Okay. Now, these are only analogies. So don't take them too seriously and ask me a question. Say, oh, but how about, what about the thread? <laughs> anyway, these are analogies to show you that this is the way they all work, huh? Okay, now let me go back here. Um, yeah, so the little, so then, so we talked about this little girl watering the garden, and then, yeah, so where is the self in this, uh, the cotton which it is made? Okay, now, so since our minds are normally extrovert, so what should be our sadhana in life? Since our minds are normally going outwards, we want to bring it inwards, right? Huh? That, that we must make sure. That we need to visualize this consciousness in everything that you see, hear, taste, touch, or smell. Okay? Huh? And what do you do? See, for example, if you look at chapter 13 in Bhagavad Gita, it gives us 20 values, starting with Amanitum, Madamitum, and so on, right? Take all those values, and you know, even if you practice three of those, it will help you with a lot of things. Okay? Bhagavan Krishna says that I am the Shetra in every Shetra Gnya. That means I am the consciousness in every single thing. Okay, that you perceive, see, feel, think, everything. Okay, so we need to bring that into our life. Okay, now, so becoming steadfast and in these practices, I can live my life following my dharmic essence as the consciousness. Okay, so I will recognize, what should I do then? Therefore, I recognize chinmayam, consciousness in me through meditation and practice of self-awareness and presence. See, I was telling you to be present, you should do that. Then understanding the true meaning of namaskaram or pranam, 
I will I will make sure that I express this attitude in every phase of my life. Pranamam yam. Go down to everything. That means the humility in you must come. Okay. And then what? Last but not least, recognize the presence of the divine through through following values in the Gita. For example, Adi Shankaracharya's Sadhana Chatushtya. You know the Vivek Chudamani. Viveka, Vairagya, Shudsampati, Momukshutva. Adi Shankaracharya discusses all these at length. So follow all these values. Huh? And then, so by being present in every interaction in the world and following all these things, you know, hopefully we will get somewhere near the end. Huh? Okay. And I hope and I want to conclude by saying that uh, I invoke Puja Gurudev's grace to, so that maybe we may all revel in that divine experience of Chinmayam, Jagadishwaram, Pranamamyam. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Mahadevanji. I think that was a very insightful session and you communicated the importance of consciousness and being aware so well with all of the analogies that you provided. Yeah. Um, I think we're right on time, close to 9 p.m. and yes. asked if any participants have any questions. Uh, while we wait for that, just a question that I may have is um, you, you spoke about the importance of um, having a picture of Bhagwan that we worship to and how that reflects and you also spoke about um, light and uh, you know the divine nature of light in, in, in our lives so one of the thing is when we do pujas we have the picture of Bhagwan and then we also light the diya lamp so yes. what is the significance of the flame uh, and ah uh, okay yeah. that, that flame when you see that flame Understand that is the, that is your offering. You are offering your innermost being to that Lord. Mm -hmm. You know when you go to Ayyappa, when you go to Ayyappa in Shabrimala, right? Yeah. Remember, what do you do? You take the Irumudi, you go there, and you take that, and the innermost, the core of that thing you offer to the Lord, and you throw the shell into the fire, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that innermost core is like offering that light. To the Lord. See, because the, 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 the individual light has to merge with the Supreme. Mm -hmm. yeah. See, it's not like it's not like the movie. You see one light going on like that. It doesn't happen like that. <laughs> yeah. but, but the idea is that our individual self, we need to realize that Bhagavan in us and in everything. So we need to, we need to basically practice. You know, all these Mahatmas have given us this advice about this consciousness. So we need to live a conscious life. That is the first thing. Okay, because our our dharmic nature is to be conscious. See, I'll give you a few examples. The dharma of salt is saltiness. Dharma of sugar is sugar, sugar sweetness. The dharma of honey is viscosity and sweetness. Dharma of human being is consciousness. That means just like salt cannot be salt without the saltiness. Sugar cannot be sweet without the sweetness. So too a human being cannot be a human being without being conscious. See, that is why you have to be conscious. You are not, you're not, you're not giving to life what you should give. Mm -hmm. All of nature is participating in everything. Why we are not doing it? Huh? Our own ego kicks in, you see. Yeah. See, all these things, nature gives you so many things. The sun doesn't say, give me something back. It gives you energy, life, everything, right? Bhagavan Krishna himself tells Arjuna, hey, all of nature is doing this. They are going the spirit of yajna. What, what are you doing as a human being? You should follow the same thing. So all of us should follow that. You know, like, you know, like these children are doing, like, for example, Earth Day, right? Earth mm -hmm. Day, correct. Yes, who follow that Earth Day every day, not just on that one day. Mother's Day, follow Mother's Day every day. Your mother is, mother is God in you. Mother is the Lord in you. So follow that every day, not just one day. Follow everything to the maximum. Uh, see, everything is sacred. Remember, earth, water, fire, air, space, every single thing is sacred. And we should not waste. Even, even kids, you know, when they when they when they do their room and all that, they should keep their room clean because they are abusing space. Space is also God. Okay. You, you you should teach them in the Balvihar also that, you know, whoever is taking Balvihar here, teach them that because, you know, space is sacred. You cannot afford to mess up your room. Of course, the adults should also do it. 
you you can't tell the kids to do it and then the adults don't do anything huh? you have to do it okay yeah all right yeah so sorry i <laughs> i hope i answered one of your questions yes okay. yes 100% um so we we're just getting some more comments from the, from the participants and everyone is telling a lot of thank you for an amazing session and um since you know we uh, we don't have any more questions i think we can end uh, so would you like to conclude with the shanti mantra yeah om om sarve bhavantu sukhinah sarve santu niramayah sarve bhadrani pashyantu akashchit dukha bhagavet Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Sri Guru Bhyorava Harihi Om Thank you everybody for listening. Thank you. It's, no, it's no fun if I only talk. There's nobody to listen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you everybody. Thank yeah. you for the wonderful talk, Mahathir Anji. Thank you. <laughs>